Welcome, my friends, to Shaking the Salt with Dr. Peppers. My bio reads from troubled teen to teacher of the year, 100-pound weight loss, blah, blah, blah. You know the sort of thing you're working on in your before and after life story. So at the end of the message, stay tuned if you want to contact me for any reason, including prayers. Thank you. And I'm Dr. Peppers, Shaking the Salt. Here we go. The only time I ever heard my sweet grandmother yell was when she was standing in the front yard yelling, Debbie, you come back here with my car. I had stolen her car. I was only 15 and, well, not stolen, but took the keys from her purse as she was sleeping and had a lot of my friends riding around with me in her little 1956 Plymouth that she had brought all the way up from Tennessee. And here we are just hot riding all around town, just yelling and yelling and playing like I didn't hear her and That's the only time I ever heard her yell. She was one of the sweetest, kindest, most precious ladies, and so was my other grandmother. They were both so kind to strangers and to family, and they were just gentle and sweet and precious. I had great role models with them, but I didn't follow that because I had a temper and I was angry and I was bitter. And if I wanted to yell at somebody or cuss somebody out, I was going to do it and nobody was going to stop me. Have you ever known anybody like that? You might have a child that is like that. You might look at them as they're rolling their eyes at you and you say, don't you use that tone with me, young man, young woman. And they're not even speaking. They're just rolling their eyes. You know, body language can be part of it, but also that tone of voice. I always gave the the example in my speech classes when I would say, you can say the exact same words in so many different ways. And they would look at me quizzically and I would say, for instance, and I'd walk up to one of the girls and I'd say, oh, I like your hair. And she'd say, well, thank you. And then I'd turn around and I'd look back at her and I'd say, oh, I like your hair. (coughs) And roll my eyes, and they get the message. It's not what you say, it's also how you say it. And that is one of the topics of one of the presentations I do in my speaking and teaching for teachers. And communication is so important in this day and age. We tend to think we are entitled, especially teenagers, the young adults, and some people that were spoiled most of their life. We're entitled to have people do what we say when we say it. My grandfather was one of those people. If he snapped his fingers or he said one little word, he expected the people that worked for him to snap to it, come and serve him and do what he said. Drop what you're doing in the middle of a thousand things and just come do what I asked you to do. And he was known as being one of those people. Well, how do we change this? How do we change anything without faking it? I used to believe you could just fake it till you make it. And that works for a while. But I also have learned that if you really want to change from deep within, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of prayer. 
And I do mean both because it's not just a physical or speaking thing that you're doing. It's also your spirit side. It's your emotions coming out. But it's what is your heart really feeling and conveying in the midst of all of that. The last podcast that I did was on don't be anxious for anything, but through prayer, with supplication and thanksgiving. And, you know, you can say that, but who even knows what that means until you practice it? And so when I went back and looked at the word gentleness and found out that kindness, it says that it's founded on strength, but it's prompted by love. You can be strong, but you have to do it with love. And that's even what one of the scriptures says. When you're telling somebody this, say it in love. That's how you get across to people, not the screaming or the ranting or the raving or the demanding, but in gentleness and letting them know how much you care and that you're really wanting the best for them, not just the best for you. And that doesn't mean being fake, and that doesn't mean conniving and getting them to do something just because you want them to do it. No, it's actually finding that in some ways the two of you can accomplish more in both helping one another and in helping yourselves that you find out that kindness and gentleness is a way of making a friend. It's a way of accomplishing a task. It's a way of being able to do something and to get it done with love. I used to be so afraid of everything and everybody, and I wanted to stand my ground because I had been hurt and I had been bullied. It was easier to be a bully than to be bullied. And when I started doing that, I found out that I still wasn't happy. In many ways, I was even more unhappy. So I think what I found out was that when we really trust in one who is greater than we are. And even the 12-step programs take you to that higher power, even if you consider yourself a non-religious person. Your higher power was not enough for me. I needed something solid. I needed a book. And they gave me the book for the 12-step program that Bill W. had done. And it was strong. But when you added that with the one who was even stronger, with God's word, I started trusting what he said, and it really matched up to the seven out of the 12 steps that depend on faith. And when you have faith, you actually are taking what you have in your thoughts and your beliefs and surrendering them to someone who is safer and bigger and better and more trustworthy. And when you really trust and really believe, ah, what a relief it is. There goes all of those anxious, fearful thoughts. They're gone because now you've put them on somebody else's shoulder. And they're helping and doing and gentle and kind and loving you and you have surrendered all. I know that at Christmas time, when we use the name Emmanuel, that means God with us. 
So what will he do when he's with us? It's not that he's going to give us money or zap this stuff that we're going through, all of this corona, but it means that he's going to keep us in perfect peace. It doesn't mean there still won't be trials and tribulations because he says, yes, you will have those. But I have overcome the world and I will give you my peace and my gentleness and my joy and my love and all of those fruits of the Spirit. And we understand that God is with us. He hears and he sees and he knows. And that takes the burden off of us, my friend. Have you ever really surrendered your life to him? Have you maybe thought about it in the past or even said, well, I tried that. I went to church one time. Going to church doesn't do it. You can go to church and you can go to all of these meetings and you can hear from all kinds of people, but you're looking to the side, to the front, to the back. You need to look upward. That's what I had to do. On that third suicide attempt, I looked up and said, God, if you're really real, go ahead, take this miserable life. And he did. He didn't just take my life. He turned it around from troubled teen to teacher of the year, from overweight, troubled teenager losing 100 pounds to loving people, to writing books, who would have ever thought, to teaching in an alternative school for troubled kids, who would have thought it? Only God. Even my parents shake their head and they say, what? Even my teachers, especially my former teachers, Deborah became a teacher? What? I know. What does your next chapter say? Are you letting God write it or are you struggling and screaming and fighting and clawing and trying to write your own new life? Don't do it. What's waiting is far better, my friend. I promise you. Been there, done that, and I've got the new life. God, I thank you for the one that is listening that just needs to learn, to let go, to really surrender, to really trust, even when they don't know how or don't think they can, to get out your word and look up all of those particular passages that talk about peace and joy and love and new life the new life they were intended to have. I pray that for that one that doesn't have it yet. And I pray that they will, just like you did it for me. You'll do it for them. And I ask this in the name of my God, my Father, who sent his only begotten Son to die and live through us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and thank you again for listening today. I'm Dr. Peppers, Shaking the Salt. Thanks for staying on, my friend. If you would like to contact me, visit saltandlightministry.com. If you want to share your story with me, ask a question, have me come speak to your group, or maybe just request prayer. Once again, saltandlightministry.com. Thanks, and God bless.